Hello, and thank you so much for listening to the MCW Wisdom Everyday Victory Podcast. That's Modern Christian Women. Find us online at www.mcwwisdom.com. We have books, free blog posts, merchandise, audio downloads, so much to help you on your Christian journey to achieve everyday victory, especially now during the time that we are living in. What a world, what a world, what a world. This will probably be a long podcast, but that's okay. I've got time. (laughs) How about you? (laughs) During this quarantine, how are you faring during this worldwide time out? I heard a, a young lady on YouTube call it that. This has been ridiculous. This is my first podcast since the quarantine in March. I tell you, so much has been happening in the world. And for many of us, so much has been happening in our personal lives. I mean, job-wise, money-wise. Some of you have kids that you can't get rid of because all of the schools are closed. Just so much is happening. And on top of that, if you are like me and you are completely single, oh, oh, this is ridiculous. It's like the very day they came out announcing a pandemic. Here goes an issue with my job. And then my second response was, and I'm still single, Lord. This is the end of the world now. We have officially entered the end times and I'm still single. This is ridiculous. How about you? (laughs) Yes, this is not a podcast about being single, but I'll definitely talk about it at some point, but I don't like it. And maybe some of you listening don't like it, but I'll tell you what, if you are single, you probably have been thinking about the reasons why. This is a time for you to get very clear on if you really want a partner or not, if you really like being single. I really don't. So that means we're going to have to get it together, right? So that we can get together about however we feel about marriage, about relationships. We have got to get it together. So I am right there with you. Now, usually I don't use celebrity photos or anything like that as clickbait. But I see so many other people doing it, and I'm like, let's try it. (laughs) Let's try it. If you are looking at the thumbnail graphic on YouTube or on social media, you might be wondering, what do Sherry Shepard and Joseph Fines on Risen have in common? How do those two things go together? What is really happening? Well, I titled this podcast, I'm Not a Fanatic, I'm a Believer, and I'll tell you why. And the caption on the photo, on the thumbnail for this podcast says, nice people can be anti-Christian. Oh, what is she going to talk about? Yes, yes, yes. So there's a bit of a backstory to it. And there's actually a lesson from the Bible that we can learn from this. Can you believe it? This is what good teachers do. (laughs) We're going to reel this all in. 
So during this quarantine, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. I mean, just a massive amount, an inordinate amount of YouTube videos. Not even really television, just YouTube videos, just looking at what's going on because I've had the time to do it. What are people talking about? What are people commenting on? Just absorbing way too many YouTube videos. So Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley, they are two black female comedians, have come up with a podcast. And they're really not talking about much of anything, but I need to hear some mindless chatter sometimes. With so much happening in the world and all of the news and all of this stuff happening, it's just good to hear two friends just mindlessly chattering about their lives. And that's what that podcast basically is about. It's called Two Funny Mamas. Sometimes they'll talk about pop culture and things that are happening like the whole Jada Pinkett and Will Smith thing. And so recently they talked about Kanye West and his episodes. And I have real compassion for people who are experiencing emotional and spiritual distress. I don't like to call it mental illness. It is psycho-spiritual distress. It really is. So he's been having episodes very publicly and they decided to talk about it. So I listened to that podcast and I wrote a comment that I thought was encouraging. Now, I'm posting on YouTube as Modern Christian Women. That's how my tag comes up and that's the photo that comes up when I'm on YouTube, Modern Christian Women. So I am posting a comment as modern Christian women. And so here's what it says. Here's what I wrote. And then I'll tell you what Sherry Shepard wrote back. And this is all going somewhere. I promise you. I wrote, and if you hear everyday living background noises, like you might hear a clock, you might hear a car, you might hear my neighbors playing music. I apologize for that because uh, I like to upload clean audio, but you might hear that every now and then. So I commented, Kanye is a mad genius, crazy talented. I pray that he learns to manage his special abilities. That's why he's reaching for God, because the power of the living Christ really can settle you. Not everybody gets cured, but with God, you can get much better. People need to be more compassionate toward humans who are struggling. That's what I submitted. So here's the thing, because I wrote the history of the Arkansas State Hospital before anybody else did, 1859, I believe, to 1920, before anybody else did. As a senior in undergrad, it was for my Donaghy Scholars thesis, I was a psychology major. I was going to be a highly paid therapist because I was good at it, right? Those were my plans. For some reason, I have always been drawn to people experiencing madness or mental illness. Why? Because those people have been highly creative. Edgar Allan Poe, highly creative short stories, crazy as a Betsy bug. So things like that have always fascinated me, and I'm not sure where that came from. So that's why I was drawn to the field, and as a young lady, I was going to be a highly paid therapist. That was what I was going to do. So I remember distinctly, we were about to take a field trip. I was in a class on abnormal psychology. We were going to take a field trip 
to the state hospital for the criminally insane. And I was excited by that. I really was. I signed up for the field trip. Oh my God, we are going to the unit for the criminally insane at the Arkansas State Hospital. This is going to inform my research, right? For some reason, I could not go. The day of, I literally could not go. Now I'm about 19, 20 years old at this particular point. I just felt strongly that I should not go. And I felt very clearly that I should switch my major. And I remember thinking, no, I'm going to be a highly paid therapist. Psychology is my jam. This is what I'm interested in. Felt very strongly, switch your major to English because I always loved my English classes, always enjoyed it, was a, always been a big time writer, like creative writer and academic writer. So English was my jam as well. Felt strongly that I should change my major without any reason or rationale why. And I tried to put it off, but I found myself going to my advisor saying, I need to change my major. (laughs) Now, this was my senior year, senior year of college, and I'm switching majors with no explanation as to why. Luckily, I had enough hours to make psychology my minor and enough English hours to finish out my senior year and make English my major. Look at that. So I graduated as an English major psychology minor. I had no intentions to teach because teachers don't make any money. That's why I was going to be a high-powered therapist and a very good therapist because they make a lot of money. And if I had stayed on that track, I would be filthy rich by now. (laughs) All right. So this is how I'm approaching it. One, I wrote the history of the Arkansas State Hospital, which demanded that I look at a lot of resources about mental illness and about the imbeciles and about the insane and about the fact that they thought uh, people experiencing that were demonically possessed. So mental illness has spiritual roots, and I was attracted to all of that for some reason. But I let that go. I had to let that go, and I became an English instructor college, university level for far longer than I wanted. Then I thought I was going to become an academic and become the dean of a department. And by the time I was 40 years old, I was going to be Dr. Hampton and be the dean of a department, 40 years old or younger. And that did not work out the way I intended as well. Okay. So I'm not going to talk about my quarter-life crisis, midlife crisis, and all of those crises that I had (laughs) because I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing? That's not the purpose of this podcast. But just to give you some background on where I am coming with compassion for people who are experiencing mental and emotional episodes, even in my own family. And I am an African-American woman, and the Black community is famous for not having access to resources for mental illness and being barred from those resources. So we just had to deal with our emotional distress. You know, everybody has this, you know, crazy family member. But in my family, it was always brought on by some trauma, people in my family experienced real trauma that left them a little loopy, a little eccentric, especially the women, a little not all the way there, you know, depressed and some were on medication. So that's just within my own family. Myself, as a high school student, 
I used to have major panic attacks and I didn't know what they were. I think I was in the 11th grade when I experienced a panic attack so severe that my mother had to take me to the emergency room. We didn't know what was happening. They sent us to a cardiologist and I took all of these stress tests, you know, for the heart and everything, echocardiogram, everything. And I remember him saying, well, um, telling my mom, she's got like the really smart people's disease is what we'll call it. You know, there is nothing physically wrong with her. (laughs) The heart is fine. There's nothing wrong with her physically, you know, emphasis on the word physically. And so I have always been a very high achiever, which sometimes a lot of times stresses me out. And I was achieving so much in college and trying to keep my GPA and being on scholarship and doing research. I was doing a lot as an undergraduate. So I would occasionally experience these panic attacks to the point where I was writing poems about it. I mean, it was just really severe until I began to quote Bible scriptures. All right. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, emphasizing sound mind. I have the mind of Christ. And I just began to recite that one scripture. And then I found a couple more scriptures. And every time I repeated the Bible scriptures, I would calm down. So this is where I'm coming from as far as the power of God being able to assist you when you are having some sort of emotional distress, right? It's really real for me. I have personal experience with this. So when I hear people talking about Kanye in such salacious and vile and just sarcastic, ridiculous ways, I feel for him because number one, he's a Gemini, I'm a Gemini. We are highly creative people. Every time I see him, I say, but for the grace of God, go I. If it were not for my relationship with God, that could be me. See, a lot of the times when people talk about their relationship with Christ and why they love Christ and why they worship God, Jehovah God, and why they are a Christian, they have some sort of financial success to back it up. People look at them and say, oh, your career took off because you read the Bible, the whole Bible. Oh, look at you now. You have all of this money. You have all of this fame. You have all of these YouTube likes. You're getting all of this money. Oh, I can see why you believe in God. But if you say, I believe in God, because I'm not crazy. I felt like I was about to lose my mind, but I did not lose my mind. Thank God. People just sort of look at you like, because that's something they cannot see, something they cannot fathom. But as a person who experienced those distresses, I am quite thankful for that. So they were talking about Kanye West, and this is how I'm approaching it. So when I wrote that comment, this is my backstory on why I wrote the comment and the kind of response that I gave. People really do need to give grace to other humans who are struggling, especially if you are struggling. That is a cry for help. The fact that Kanye began worship music and having these outdoor services and even talked about starting a church at one point, that was his attempt to reach out to a source he knew could help. 
But then people are making fun like, oh, well, he thinks God is talking to him. Oh, that's so crazy. Oh, he wants to start a church. Oh, that's so crazy. Oh, he wrote Jesus Walks. Oh, we didn't know he was crazy. We were just bumping that song in the clubs. And that is unfortunate because there's energy behind that, that he can feel. And so he doesn't need that crap on top of the demons that he's battling for his sanity, right? That's where I'm coming from with that. If anything, as believers, we need to uplift him and pray scriptures towards him so that he can win this battle for his mind. That's what it's really about. And so Sherry Shepard responded, and I must say, sometimes I am a little petty. Sometimes I can be queen of the clapback. I really didn't clap back. When she wrote her response, I kind of didn't appreciate it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about it on a podcast. She wrote back, hmm, a lot of crazies in the church thinking they have the power of Jesus. What do you call them? Fanatics. Thanks for supporting our podcast. Tell your friends, family to come aboard and two funny mamas aboard the two funny mamas train. We appreciate you. I'm like, okay. I wrote back. Very simply, I'm not a fanatic. I'm a believer. There's a difference. I'm focused on my own podcast, but God bless you anyhow. And I unsubscribed. Now, I'm sure she's a perfectly nice person. She comes across as a perfectly nice person. That's Sherry Shepard. I mean, she's 53 and she's still having trouble with man issues, man sex relationship issues. I'm hoping that is not me at 53. You know, she keeps choosing the exact wrong men to marry, but that's neither here nor there. She seems like a perfectly lovely person. She did mention on the podcast that she grew up strict Jehovah's Witness, and that is, now that's fanatic. And so I realized that's her background coming towards religion and anything related to Christ is that she was exposed to some fanaticism. And uh, that is some different kind of stuff, right? Jehovah's Witness is some different kind of stuff. So I had to remember that's where she's coming from with saying people who think they have the power of Jesus are fanatics. And I said, no, I'm not a fanatic. I am a believer. So I have never bought into church culture, number one, Um, because churches hurt people. Churches have done some ridiculous things. I taught Sunday school in some fairly large churches and then began to see the underbelly of the church world. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So I got kicked out of more than one church. And I say kicked out in air quotes because I was there for the right reasons, trying to do the right things. People would tell me, compliment me on my teaching. Oh, I understand things so much clearly now. And then the pastors would get upset and then I would be, then I would just quit the church, basically. There was one situation where I was teaching Sunday school at a fairly large church locally, very large, very popular church. It was a women's topical Bible study class. And um, I look young for my age, so you can imagine in my late 20s, I looked even younger. Late 20s, early 30s, I'm looking even younger than that. So the class had dwindled down to about 10 or fewer ladies. So I came in, you know, found some works to study, and uh, the class grew. 
So I had about 60, 70, 80 something women coming per Sunday to the point where the leadership sent male pastors, male assistant pastors in there to sit in the back of the room to see what was really happening. Literally, I'm not making this up. And so they were very complimentary. But then shortly after that crazy thing started happening with the superintendent of the Sunday school to the point where I had to report him. And then I had to talk crazy to everybody involved because number one, you're not going to talk crazy to me. You know, I'm not going to play your little games. That's not what I'm here for. And I'm a very firm, very direct person, right? I always protect myself. I go to the wall for myself. You're not going to come at me physically. You're not going to say crazy things to me. I protect and take care of myself fiercely. So that's what I did. So that's my background on that. I have been highly critical of the church because crazy things are happening in churches right now. It's a money grab for a lot of people. So I go, but I go with that level of critical eye. Does that make sense? I don't buy into all of the stuff that has hurt people. Uh, So it's difficult for me sometimes to consistently go to church, but I do believe in going and I definitely go to where I feel like the Lord is leading me. Am I consistent? No. (laughs) But, But like I said, I do go to church. I believe in the idea of church. I believe in going to church, but I don't always go because ridiculous things happen in church. All right. So that's where I am on that. So I very much believe in pointing people towards their own personal experience with Christ. Back in the 90s, when I was in my 20s, I got all of these messages that turned into books that you see on the website. Just in my time of prayer and in my time of just journaling, the things that I wrote in my books are the things that I was getting from the Holy Spirit, literally, about relationships, about dating, about love. But during that time, there were some very popular Christian authors out talking about men are like buses. You can always catch one. You know, just all kinds. And I'm writing about set your affections on things above, which has turned into becoming a single woman God can use. Right now, at this moment, there are leaf blowers and lawn care people right outside my balcony. Can you hear that? They're not supposed to be here until Wednesday. Today is Tuesday, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Can you hear that? Because it's loud, and I am so sorry for this interruption. I'm wondering now, should I continue with this podcast with all of that background noise? Or should I stop and try to wait for an hour for them to finish? And so I am just going to continue with this podcast because if I stop, I'll never get it done and post it. (laughs) And I have some really good things to say because this is all taking us straight back to the Bible. So before the interruption, I'm so sorry that you all might hear this background noise because I'm going to keep going. I was saying that all of my works, all of my books, the website, the blog posts, articles that I've written, all point you toward your own personal experience with Christ. You are not really going to believe God, believe in Christ until you have your own personal experience. If you read through the New Testament, when Jesus healed people, they began to follow him. 
It was because they had a personal experience. He made them to walk. He made them to see. He got slutty demons up out of them. Mary Magdalene, you know, she they called her a woman of the streets. Try to put that on her, sex-positive woman, and then she turned into a disciple. Really? You see what I'm saying? And so everybody that Jesus personally touched became a believer. I mean a strong believer to the point where you could not tell them that he was not the Messiah. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a strong personal experience that will make you worship God and believe God like never before. And that is what belief in Christ is about, tapping into that level of experience. Now, you do go through the matrix. You do feel really depressed before you have that experience. You feel like you have no hope. You feel all of these kinds of distressing things. You might feel like you're going a little bit crazy. But I can tell you that when you have an experience that lets you know that God sees you personally, that God knows what you said an hour ago, that God really does care enough about you to send other people with words for you, messages for you that are confirmed, that are confirmation because you're thinking, how could this person know that about me? That's what the gifts are for, gifts of the spirit are for. When you experience that level of power, of comfort from God, you can't help but to believe. And so... I said nice people can be anti-Christian because there are a lot of very nice people who are not believers and who might not ever become believers because they have not had that level of personal experience. I am not an apologist. I am not one to argue about the scriptures and try to convince people to believe. I am a teacher for people who already want to believe in Christ, who already say they are Christians, but they want to know how to make this work in their everyday lives, and particularly for women. That's who I'm for. So it occurred to me that there are some people who follow Christ, they go to church, they say they believe in Christ, who truly don't believe. There are people who have grown up in churches and are not really believers because they have not had that personal experience. There are people who, if they could, would go to church right now. You know, they've just made a habit of going to church and still had not experienced real change in their personalities. They still curse. They still still cheat. They still are unkind to people because they have not had that level of life-changing experience with Christ. So I was led to the story of doubting Thomas. And he really wasn't doubting Thomas. He was just, I'm through with y'all. I'm upset with y'all, Thomas. (laughs) So if you go to John chapter 20, and I'm looking at the new century version of the Bible. So John 20 tells about when Jesus was crucified and Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb and she discovers that he's not there. And, um, So other disciples come up, Peter and John, and she's like, look, they took his body. Now, I want you to understand something. They don't have the New Testament. They are living the New Testament. So to them, even though Christ was very cryptic about saying he had to go away and come back, 
they didn't think or they didn't truly understand that he meant, no, I'm going to die and I'm going to resurrect. You're going to see me again. Like you're for real going to see me again. That was not in their level of understanding at the points at that time. So they're at the tomb. What interests me, starting with John 20, verse 10, Mary Magdalene is in the tomb and she's crying. And it says, she saw two angels dressed in white sitting where Jesus's body had been, one at the head and one at the feet. And she did not get scared. (laughs) It is my belief that a lot of the times when the Bible says angels showed up, that they looked like men because people kept talking. A lot of people in the Bible didn't fall down and get scared. They didn't run. They just kept talking. So that suggested me Maybe they looked like regular men because they kept talking. So they asked her, why are you crying? And she's like, they have taken away my Lord and I don't know where they put him. This is Mary Magdalene, the one that anointed Jesus' feet with oil, the one they called a loose woman, not his mother. So it is amazing to me that the first person to see Christ risen was the woman they labeled in that particular way. You see how awesome Jesus is. That's who he's coming for. Come on now. So she said they took him away. And then she turned around and Jesus was like, hey. And again, it didn't report that she got scared and ran out. So now there are three men in a tomb that was empty. There's the linens where that his body was wrapped in. So you've got three men in a tomb. (laughs) You're not scared. (laughs) And so Jesus appears and he says, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Why are you weeping? That's where the gospel song, Mary, Don't You Weep, comes from. She thought he was the gardener. Again, she didn't recognize him. He looked like a normal dude. She thought he worked there. So she said, did you take him away, sir? Tell me where you put him and I will get him. Then... It occurred to her, this is Jesus. And then she tried to hug him and he was like, no, no, don't touch me. So there are a lot of things there. There are a lot of layers there. So then we're getting to the doubting Thomas part. So then he appeared to his followers. Some of the disciples were having church services. Now remember, after the crucifixion, they were trying to get Christians because politically they were trying to squelch this cult, this movement that was making too many waves politically in the Jewish community. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it does. And so they needed politically, the Roman government needed Jesus dead and they needed to find a body to prove that he was not the Messiah because here's his body. And that's where the movie Risen comes in. But first, let me finish walking through John 20. So he appeared to some of his followers who were locked up in a room and they were having church service, basically. All of a sudden, Jesus appeared right there in the midst of them. And he's like, peace. (laughs) Peace be with you, right? Can you imagine that? And so he shows up to their Bible study, basically, and they were thrilled and they were like, oh, my God, it is Jesus for real. We just saw you on the cross. Now you are for real with us. Oh, no. Is this for real? Oh, my goodness. So Thomas, who was one of the 12 disciples, wasn't there. So picking up with John 20, verse 24, Thomas was also called Didymus. 
he was not with them when Jesus came. So when he finally showed up, they were like, dude, Jesus was here. What? Jesus was here. It was him. He showed up, dude. He was here. And they kept going on and on. The Bible says they kept telling Thomas, we saw the Lord. Can you imagine that? Dude, you missed it. You wasn't even here. You missed it. He came. He came. He came. He was for real. He for real the Messiah. Dude, he just came. And so Thomas got upset. And when you get upset, he said, I will not believe it until I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side. He wasn't saying, I don't believe Jesus. He was saying, I don't believe y'all. Thomas was saying, I don't believe you. I don't believe you telling me that he was here and that I missed it. So I'm not going to believe you. He's going to have to show up and show himself to me. That's what he was talking about. So a week later, they were having Bible study again. They were locked up because again, the government was after Christians, after the crucifixion of Christ. Jesus came the same way. He showed up right in there, Miss Hey, peace be with you. But he told Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand here in my side. Stop being an unbeliever and believe. That's how the new century of the virgin Bible of the Bible says it. Now, look, how did Jesus know that's what he said? He wasn't there them, with them physically when Thomas said all that and got mad at them. So he knew what Thomas had said. So Thomas was like, oh, my goodness. They were for real, for real. Here you are. Oh, my goodness. I'm touching you. This is for real, for real, for real. He said, my Lord and my God. I believe, I believe. And Jesus told him, you believe because you see me. Those who believe without seeing me are truly blessed. So Thomas needed his own personal experience with Christ. He was a disciple. He was one of the 12. He was following Jesus. He was a follower of Christ, but he didn't truly believe until he had his own personal experience with Christ. I need to see you. I need to feel you. I need to know without a shadow of a doubt that you are here, that you are with me. Now I am a sold out believer. And Jesus said, yeah, you believe because you see me, which is fine. But those who will never see me and still believe, (laughs) yeah, they are aces in my book because they believe and they have not had this level of physical experience with me. Many of us are like Thomas, who has been mislabeled Doubting Thomas, because we need our own personal experience with the power of the living Christ. You need something supernatural to happen in your life to make you know without a shadow of a doubt that God is real, that your belief in Jesus is real. And I pray that you receive that. There are supernatural aspects to Christianity. They called them Christian mystics, those who had these supernatural experiences, called them Christian mystics. That is very real. And that if you want and that you are open to, you can have that experience. You have to be very careful. That's what the evidence of speaking in tongues is about. That is a mystical experience that you can have personally. But you have to be very careful because a lot of people corrupt it. The beauty of this experience 
They try to make it ceremonial when it is not. When I had this experience, I was laid out in my apartment room floor, distressed, feeling like I couldn't take it anymore. And that's when the power of God showed up for me. So you can experience God in this way through your belief in Jesus Christ. And that is what I'm pointing people to so that you can become a sold out believer. I'll give you one more experience. Uh, I was moving from Atlanta back to Arkansas and I was still in my 20s. A lot happened in my 20s, (laughs) y'all. So I was moving back and I was short on money because I had been teaching at Morehouse College, only making $25,000 a year. My parents were sending me money every month so that I could make rent and eat food. I was a size eight during that time because it was either bills or food. (laughs) I was on tuna fish and crackers and rice, you know. I was vegetarian or vegan before it was popular because beans is what I could afford. So anyway, I had my car attached to a U-Haul. It was the largest U-Haul they had because they got my reservation wrong. So I'm driving by myself from Atlanta to Arkansas with this huge U-Haul and my car attached to it. And I am only about 5'3". I had borrowed some gas money. A really good friend who is now deceased, he was my colleague and I I miss him dearly, James Richardson, had donated $50 to me just out of the goodness of his heart for gas. So I had used all of that money, but I was at a Tupelo, Mississippi. That's what the sign said. I had a quarter tank of gas in that big U-Haul. I had literally no more money to stop and get gas. And I remember saying, God, you got to get me to my parents' house on this quarter tank of gas. This is going to have to make it. From Tupelo, Mississippi to Little Rock, Arkansas, in the heart of Little Rock, Arkansas, that was over 200-something miles, over 200-plus miles on a quarter tank of gas. I tell you, I pulled in to my parents' yard with that U-Haul and my car attached on that quarter tank of gas. As soon as I pulled up, that needle went down to empty. My God, I made it. All of those miles on a quarter tank of gas and a truck? Come on now. That's just one of my experiences that I go back to with God because there will be times, long periods of times when you when you don't feel that from God, when you feel like he's not listening, when you feel like he's not with you. But there are experiences like that that you can go back to to remind you God is real. He hears you. He sees you. Your belief in Christ is real. There is real power behind that. Now, how deep you go depends on you. It depends on your desire as a seeker and as a believer. How far do you want to understand the things of God? How far into the things of Christ do you want to go? Some people are very shallow Christians, and that's okay. God still loves them. They'll still go to heaven. But there are some of us who want to go behind the matrix and really experience God in phenomenal ways, and that is for you if that is what you want. So thank you so much for listening this far. I tell you, I tell you, the minute I decide to record this podcast, so much noise, so much background noise, anything you do for God is going to come with some level of obstacle 
is going to come with some level of difficulty and some level of annoyance because I am truly annoyed. (laughs) Truly annoyed. But the devil is a lie, all right? The devil is a lie. And if you listen to me talk about um, Kanye and my own experience with panic attacks and when there's nothing physically wrong with you, you have to understand there is a spiritual basis behind that then. If nothing is physically wrong with your body parts, then why are you having these physical episodes and manifestations as if something is wrong? And so I learned to understand that, that there are spiritual aspects behind emotional and spiritual psychological distress, because I I do not like calling it mental illness, because that suggests that you can just take a pill and you'll be fixed, and that's not true. A lot of people just have to manage their special abilities, is what I'm calling them. They have to manage it. Medication, yes, can help you manage it. Prayer can help you manage it. Both of those options, the medical and the spiritual, are very real and are very helpful. And when combined, can be very helpful to people who are experiencing some distress. But you have to have the right people, the right people leading you into that, and the the right people that you can share with who understand you and who can take care of you. And so I, I really pray that Kanye gets that level of help on those two levels Um, spiritual and medical so that he can level out, you know, and continue to be the father, the husband, and the creative genius that he is. So, all right. Thank you so much for listening. Again, this is Modern Christian Women at Everyday Victory podcast. I am your host, Ashawn R. Hampton. I don't think I ever say that. Just head to the website at www.mcwwisdom.com. If you are interested in knowing more about Christ and giving your Oh, wait a minute. I have to say this. And usually I would not have all of these interruptions in my podcast because I I believe in being perfect. I have a perfectionist spirit and I want things to go perfectly. And I want my audio to be perfect and with no background noise and not scattered, you know, in my thoughts. But this is not the podcast uh, where that's going to happen. So this is how the movie Risen plays into all of that. Remember I was talking about when Mary Magdalene found Jesus's tomb empty. The movie Risen is one of the best movies about Christ I have ever seen. It stars Joseph Fiennes, who is also in The Handmaid's Tale. But he is a Roman soldier who's been in the military for 25 years. And Pontius Pilate comes to him and says, listen, you got to get these Christians under control because I had to crucify that man. I knew he was innocent. He didn't really do anything. But the Jewish leaders, he was causing too much of an uproar, causing too many problems. So I had to kill him so that we can get rid of this cult who called themselves Christ followers. And so Joseph Fiennes, he was in charge of getting control and corralling and getting rid of Christians from the area. Well, it's sort of like a detective story because just like in John 20, where they talk about the body missing, his job was to actually go find the physical body of Christ, so that they can hold that up and say, all of y'all crazy. He was crazy and all of y'all crazy because here he is. Well, so he's talking to these people and he's going through all of these towns trying to figure out who Jesus was and why people were following him and where he can find a body. He really wants to know where the body is. He keeps running into these people who really sound like space cadets. 
He mentions Jesus. Oh, he's awesome. Peace and love, brother. Jesus is awesome. Yes, peace and love, my brother. Jesus, Jesus. you know, they, he was running into people like that who were like all about Jesus, just sold out for Jesus. And they were like, yeah, yeah, he's the one. So he was an unbeliever, right? He had killed Christians. He was corralling Christians. He's trying to find this body. And during his trek, trying to find the body of Christ, he himself becomes a believer in Christ. You have to see the whole movie, Risen. Absolutely love it. So we were talking about how some people don't believe until they have their own personal experience with Christ. You can actually say you are a Christian and really not truly believe. You could be like Thomas, who was one of the 12 disciples who walked with Jesus literally, but still did not fully believe. He still needed to have his own personal experience with Christ. So Joseph finds in that movie, Risen, had his own personal experience. He didn't have a Bible. He didn't have the New Testament. He had his own personal experience searching for the body of Christ to the point where he became a believer. Paul, who was Saul, was murdering Christians. He was another one. He had that experience on the Damascus Road, and he became a sold-out believer and teacher for Christ. So that's where you want to get to. You want to have your own personal experience so that you become a sold-out believer. So when people like Sherry Shepard say, oh, they were fanatics, people who thought they had the power of Jesus were fanatics, I'm like, number one, you're coming at it all wrong. But I'm not going to talk to her about that because I am not an apologist because I'm not coming to Christianity from an academic or intellectual perspective, right? That is part of it. But I'm coming to it personally as one who personally still needs to experience miracles in her life, who has experienced miracles in her life, and who knows the mystical power of Christianity, the mystical power of the Holy Spirit, and who seeks that, right? Who seeks that and who seeks for other people, who wants other people to experience that so that we can all become sold out believers. All right, so now I'm ending this podcast. And normally I would cut all this stuff out. I probably did cut out a lot of the interruptions that I was experiencing. But I tell you, cars, trucks, buses, people yelling, loud music, leaf blowers. It sounded like they were right in my apartment. All of that on this podcast today. But we still got through it. (laughs) All right. Once again, check me out at www.mcwwisdom.com. Thank you so much for listening and God bless.